1: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, we are going to make a quick video for you guys, basically helping to break down some of the key matchups we're looking at for the joint practices between the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions, who are visiting town this week before their preseason game on Saturday. Colts are going to have two joint practices on Wednesday and on Thursday. Expect a lot of competition. You know, these two teams are have coaches that are very well respected around the league and both teams play very hard. So expect a lot of great competition amongst these groups. And then we'll kind of go ahead and break down a few matchups that we really want to take a look at here. And I think, Cody, we've been talking about this wide receiver group so much, especially after the Buffalo game. Buffalo's defense felt like it got the better end of some of the Colts' wide receivers in that first matchup, but we wanted to kind of talk about specifically about Alec Pierce and maybe even a guy like Ashton Doolin, some of these young wide receivers who are still finding their way against this Lions' uh, defense, mainly in their secondary. Pierce had some moments where he he definitely shined, but still is looking for some more experience. Ashton Doolin, the same way, and then of course, while this Lions defense, mainly their secondary, doesn't have a ton of fantastic corners, their I think it's their second uh, second year player in Jeff Okuda that really shines a light on that Lions secondary. And you know they're definitely going to fight. So, what do you think about the matchup with, like you said before, these young starting wide receivers? going up against a new secondary.
2: Absolutely. It's going to be really important for them. Like they talked about, like not, you know, just going against other, you know, DB rooms in the league, you know, and I think it's going to be really, really well, uh, you know, continuing to sharpen each other. And, and uh, we have to see something from these young wide receivers. Like we have to see something or else I don't feel like these guys are going to get the opportunity they can get right now. You know, they have to go out there and they have to prove it it to prove that, no, you know, that was just a fluke of a game. You know, we're good. We're, we're young. Yes, we lack experience, but we're going to make up for it. And we're going to, you know, make the team more confident in us in our ability, you know, to, to play the position and play it well. And, you know, there's just a lot of rawness right now in that wide receiver room. So uh, I just need to see them start make, making some plays. You know, there's been a lot of speculation around, you know, the lack of separation and things like that. I think it's a little bit overblown personally. You know, it was funny. I was at uh, talking with Lawrence Owen, who was actually at training camp. I went on Tuesday and he said, man, looking at the film, you know, a lot of people like to say the Colts didn't get any separation, but they actually did a little bit, a little bit more than I think people are saying and people are kind of seeing. So, you know, I think they're still very raw. There's still a lot that they have to, you know, figure out. I think honestly, just Right now, Derek, it's you know a new offense for a lot of these guys. It's a new quarterback. They just got to figure these things out. And so certainly I feel like the talent is there. I feel like, you know, obviously Alec Pierce, you know, the guy, the main guy that we're talking about here, you know, obviously he has a lot of talent. Um, a lot of people felt like the Colts got a steal when they drafted him in round two. But, you know, he's still a rookie at the end of the day, and he, he has a lot that he has to just kind of feel it out a little bit. You know, that's kind of how you get better as a wide receiver and as a player in this league you have to go out there and do it and kind of have your lumps a little bit. And uh, we saw that with Pittman a little bit, his rookie year. And I feel like Pierce is going to have to be the same way, but you know, guys like Ashton Doolin and Paris Campbell, they have to step it up as well. You know, these are guys Absolutely. that have been in the league a little bit longer. Right. And these are guys that have played with a couple different quarterbacks. So, you know, I've been a big advocate obviously about Ashton Doolin getting more snaps, but if he's not going to get if he's not going to do things to get open, like then I don't blame the Colts for potentially wanting to bring in a vet guy. and you know, Paris Campbell, I think they just need to get get on in sync with Matt Ryan a little bit more, you know, and, you know, hopefully, and I think they, they have, but hopefully it translates well to they watch the film, they saw what they needed to see. And, you know, they're going to play better in this game or better in these couple practices that they're going to play. So all that to say, I think this is going to be a big test to see Derek is, was this just a fluke against Buffalo, you know, against their number twos? Or is this a serious problem the Colts need to address in free agency?
1: I really think that we are trying way too hard as fans to discredit this team by trying to dissect a a preseason game and say that there was a problem. I mean, a couple things that people don't realize. One, the offense was vanilla. They literally ran out three formations, ran the same three, four, five plays, and just ran it till it didn't work anymore. It was literally that same thing. And you didn't have your best player. Your quarterback was purposely f- throwing the ball short to try to get some connection with the short and intermediate gains rather than the deep games. So you're in a situation where you're trying to make it out of something where there you weren't getting the full experience. And that's the problem. Is fans saw that and they're like, oh well that means we look terrible. Well, you don't, you're not taking anything into account of what was actually being done. And the fact that they were showing 40% of their offense and were purposely telling Matt Ryan to not throw the ball deep down the field every single time. So, you know, you got to learn to understand that there are certain times when coaches are trying to see things. And that's what this whole process is. It's a learning process. It's about getting Matt Ryan to get in sync with these uh off with these offensive weapons. And that's just what's going to end up happening for a little while until we get into the regular season. Then we start seeing Matt Ryan make the throws that he know he has knows he has to make.
2: I, I get that to a degree. But also, Derek, you got to think about okay, the Bills defense. This was not the number ones. And they were also playing vanilla as well. So like at the end of the day, yeah, you can scheme all you want. But. Some of At the end of the day, some of your guys need to go up and make plays, I guess is my thing. And I think they have the talent to do so, certainly. But I don't know, like right now, you know, do they have a guy that's polished that can go do that outside of Pittman? And that's kind of my concern. And that's why I am like, you know, maybe they feel like they need to go get that wide receiver just because while these guys have a lot of, they feel like really good about them, they may not be quite ready for it yet. That's kind of my thought on it. It's like, they don't have, like, right now, and Alec Pierce could very well turn into this guy, they don't have, like, that dog number two wide receiver right now, you know? Pierce is still a rookie at the end of the day, you know? There's a lot of inexperience with this wide receiver room. We think, think there's talent, for sure, but that's kind of my point with it, is, like, you know, we can scheme up all we want, but at the end of the day, like, the good teams, you're going to have to have some guys go up and make plays at wide receiver, outside of Yeah. Panic.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Totally agree with you on that. Let's move from the wide receivers here to some of the offensive linemen, especially Matt Pryor and some of the backups. We obviously know the majority of what's going to happen here. We know Pryor is going to be the starter for the time being. And Pryor has been going up against Yannick Ngakwe the whole time. So you feel confident that he's going to be able to come out and be able to handle almost anyone off the edge, right? I mean, Yannick is one of the better edge rushers. Uh, Not many guys that are faster off the edge than him, but he is going to face, you know, some different guys this time around. And he's going to face somebody like Aiden Hutchinson, who was the second overall pick in this year's draft. And Hutchinson, while he's not as fast as Yannick also has about 30 pounds on him and is very much a, a power rusher, you know, and, that seems to be more of Matt Pryor's game. You know, he's able to handle uh, players like that. We'll see how he handles being alongside Hutchinson, who, you know, does have some great talent. And some of these other guys that, you know, are going to come in and uh, bring pressure off the edge. And then we're talking about some of the backups. You know, a few of the backup guys had some good weeks last week and some of the guys had really bad weeks. You know, I mean, Ryman was up and down. Will Fries looked really good. Wesley French looked really good. You know, a couple of other guys hit or miss when it came to that. So I'm really interested to see how they handle these Lions edge rushers and interior guys who are really uh, trying to establish that front and see how they handle it. Uh, how do you feel about this group going into this?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I feel like the Lions, especially the last couple of years, have really like tried to like bolster. Up. They're kind of taking the Colts approach a little bit, trying to bolster up that offensive and defensive line. They also have. We'll see exactly what happens with Aquara. You know, if he does practice or not. I know he had that major injury, so he may. I don't even know what his status is. But if he's out there, he. I mean, he's definitely no slouch at defensive end. I mean, the Lions could honestly have a really good uh, tandem there, and they do have Michael Brockers as well, um, who's always been a good defensive tackle. So. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be a challenge for these offensive linemen, um, especially the starters. They played extremely slow in the first week. I mean, there was pressure. It felt like all the time, especially Matt Pryor got beat once. You know, there was a, they were getting a little bullied out there, and that's something you don't typically see from this offensive line. So, you know, hopefully these practices kind of get their butts in gear a little bit, you know, and they they start to really start to, you know, become better as an offensive line unit. Because, like you said, there are two new two new guys on the offensive line at the starter positions. Um, I, I the one I'm obviously watching is Matt Pryor. You know how does he hold up? I think it's been really good for him to go against Yannick Ngakwe and kind of you know have to face honestly a lot of those guys that are going to be a lot faster than him, a lot more athletic than him. How does he handle that? I think it's going to be really good for him. Um, but yeah, I am intrigued to see if Agent Hutchinson does line up on his side, kind of how he holds down the fort because he has had some nice days against Ngakwe as well. So. Um, and then Danny Pinter as well at right guard, you know, um, how does he kind of handle, you know, the pressure of really his second, you know, start at right guard, if you will. Um, and then talking about, you know, the, the interior offensive line, you No, know, no Jason Spriggs now. So, you know, it's Wesley French and Will Fries right now are the two guys that you are your primary, I guess, interior offensive linemen. I think the one thing I'm concerned about Derek um, with Dennis Kelly being out is just that backup tackle position. It feels like, all those guys are just kind of getting their butts kicked right now, including Ryan Vandemark. So it's a little bit concerning to me that, like, the tackle depth may be a little bit of concern because we just don't know how long Dennis Kelly is going to be out. Right, so I'm just slightly concerned about that. How's that going to play out? And uh, you know, does Wesley French, you know, a guy that was relatively unknown to a lot of us, does he have another nice game or another nice couple practices? Um, you know, I, I'm really intrigued to see that because obviously the Colts felt confident enough to waive a guy in Spriggs who we felt like was probably going to make the final 53 man roster um, in favor of maybe one of those guys like Wesley French or somebody like that. So just very interesting, all, all that to say. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of this battle because it seems like these teams are built similarly in the fact that they really like to emphasize the offensive and defensive line. The trenches are a really big deal for both these teams.
1: Yeah, and you talked about both of these teams willing to build uh, the trenches. Now let's go to the other side of this for the Indianapolis Colts defensive linemen, particularly these yeah. young pass rushers. We're still talking about guys like Quiddy Pay. We're talking about guys like Dio Dangbo, Ben Banigu, Curtis Brooks, Eric Johnson, you know, those guys that are one two-year guys and are still looking to try to make a name for themselves. And we know after the Lions have drafted Penny Sewell in the 2021 draft. They now have one of the best offensive line units in all of football. I mean, you got Taylor Decker at left tackle, Ragnell at center, one of the top three centers in the league, and then Penne Sewell, who's really come into his own over the span of the last end of the year and looks to be just as good now uh, as ever. So, you know, you got some really good guys, both on the interior and on the outside edges, so it's not going to be easy. Uh, I mean, obviously, in the scrimmage, it's not going to be that way, but in the joint practices, I mean, you're going to see Yannick go up against Taylor Decker. You're going to see Quidi Pei going up against Pene Sewell and vice versa. You see Dio Dangbo doing that and uh, Taekwon Lewis doing that. You know, it, there's a there's a lot of great matchups here for our defensive linemen and their offensive linemen. And me personally, Cody, I think this is probably going to be the most exciting one for me to watch.
2: Yeah, it's strength on strength, right? Like your defensive line, you've invested a lot into them. You have a couple like proven vets, a couple young guys that you're excited about. I'm really looking forward to this battle, how that's going to play out, you know, Um, because Colts have invested a ton um, in their defensive line, invested some in their defensive end position in the last couple of years. Obviously, they have to force Buckner, and then you mentioned some of the young guys. You have Curtis Brooks, you have Eric Johnson, you know, on in the interior of your defensive line. You have a guy like R.J. McIntosh who has actually had a pretty good camp as well. So, like, you know, do some of these guys continue to get pressure? Because I feel like a lot of these young guys have flashed in camp. Even guys like Cameron Klein have flashed in camp. So, like, how does that play out? You know, like, I'm really looking forward to to how that is and kind of maybe getting a little bit of a gauge in training camp. How good, really, is this Colts pass rush? I think that's the big question that's kind of, you know, the big overall question that we have, you know, this year. Because it's been really bad the last couple of years. We can all say that. You know, the, the pressure rate and all those things, they haven't been great. But, you know, you, you implement this new defense with Gus Bradley. You completely overhaul the defensive coaching staff. You you invest, you know, a, trade a really good player uh, for Yannick Ngakwe, who coming off a 10-sack season. Like, is that going to work? You know, is the impact going to be... How, how big is that impact going to be right away? I'm really looking forward to that. And what better test than one of the better offensive lines in the NFL? Maybe the best offensive line in the NFL. I am so excited and so hyped for this matchup between these couple guys here.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's stay on the defensive side here. So Shaquille Leonard, his uh, status for the season opener is still in question. Zaire has been asked a lot of questions about his role in this defense and what, uh, and basically him as a captain, you know, taking more of that vocal role in the team uh, chemistry. And asked EJ Speed earlier today about, you know, potentially filling in for Shaquille Leonard if Leonard's not ready for week one. And, you know, EJ said, you know, there's always that little bit of selfishness that you want to be in there. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm a team guy. I want to be, do whatever I feel is necessary and do whatever the team needs of me, but I'll be ready if that time ever comes. And so, you know, we talk about these guys and these linebackers have definitely had their fair share of work, uh, in this going up in this new scheme and, you know, facing a new quarterback in Matt Ryan, you know, so he's, you're getting a lot more looks of towards the tight ends. Right. And they're being a lot more active in that. And, it seems like Zaire and EJ have gotten a lot of work in, which is great. And that could be very beneficial for this team going forward. But, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be going up against some of these running backs. You're going to be going up against TJ Hawkinson um, this week, which, you know, TJ Hawkinson, one of the better tight ends uh, in the NFL right now. And so it'll be interesting to see just what EJ speed and Zaire Franklin do this week. cause, Their roles, like I said, in the defense have increased a lot. Really interested to see what they can do against the Lions.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a great test. You mentioned against a guy like uh, TJ Hawkinson, who you talked about, one of the better tight ends in the NFL, is going to present a big challenge for these linebackers. So without Shaq in there, how do these linebackers play against a different offense? You know, how do they look? I feel like so far they've looked pretty good from what we've seen. Um, But, you know, how does it translate? Uh, You know, and who kind of steps it up? You know, who kind of fills that role there at that, you know, depending how they look at it. I know the depth chart's kind of weird right now, but, you know, whether that weak side or Mike Linebacker, depending, you know, how it plays out in this scheme, you know, who kind of fills that role? Is it a Zaire Franklin who's probably more of the safe option? Or do they give a guy like EJ Speed who, you know, physically has everything you're looking for and, and it feels like he's kind of on the upswing, does he potentially get the opportunity here to to get some more starter reps? I'm really looking forward to that and kind of how that plays out as well. because. You know, right now, the, the linebacker depth, some people have had questions about it. You know, like, what's it going to look like? And I think we're getting a better answer here about what it's going to look like, and especially against a, a team like the Lions, who, who do have a really good uh, passing attack with our tight ends. I'm really looking
1: forward to that. Absolutely. Let's go to one last uh, group here. And we say a group because there's a bunch of different guys here that you can mix into this group, and that is the tight end group. You know, we talked a lot about this tight end group from the last scrimmage on Saturday against the Buffalo Bills, uh, because mainly there was a lot to talk about with them. Kylan Granson, two big catches in that game. You had uh, Drew Ogletree make a couple of have a couple of connections with Sam Allinger, even though the one connection that he had that would have been for a touchdown got called back because of a stupid call by the refs. Uh, NFL football, what what can you do without the refs, right? Good right. lord, it never ends. And then, you know, Jelani Woods, who, as we said, over the period of camp really has struggled just a lot with uh, drops and inconsistencies, and then finally gets his number called and ends up getting a uh, quote unquote uh, grown man touchdown uh, in that game. So, obviously, his big moment of fame so far throughout this entire process. They even asked him about that, saying, you know, how, how have you felt with the inconsistencies? And, you know, people are not too worried about it. They're throwing a lot at him right now, and he's learning on the fly. So it is what it is. But, I mean, yeah, we're going to have to see, Cody, if last week, as you said before this podcast, was it basically a mirage, right? Seeing all of these tight ends get involved and them all look pretty decent. Or... Or is this tight young tight end group, does it have something to provide for this team?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all these different guys with all these different skill sets, right? The grandson, that's more the yards after catch type of tight end. Uh, the Jelani Woods, more the freak guy. And the Drew Ogletree, you know, while he's kind I feel like he's a little bit of both. Like, he's not as big as Jelani, um, but he's not obviously as good after the catch as Kylan, but he's just open. He just finds ways to get open. Like, and that's something that, you know, so valuable as a as a tight end, as a pass catcher in this league. So, yeah, it'll be a good test to see, all right, uh, was it a fluke last week or do these tight ends have a lot more upside and are they starting to kind of get it a little bit, starting to click a little bit, you know, because they are very young, you know, they, really outside of Mo, you know, Kylan granson is the vet, basically, yeah. of this tight end room and he's only in his second year. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this and seeing kind of how these tight ends are utilized, how the Colts want to use them because they all offer different things and it seems like, they're starting to gain a little bit more confidence. You can kind of see that even in Kylan Granson, you can see in his interviews this year, he he's a little bit more confident in himself and his ability. You know, he was, he went, attended the tight end U, uh this summer and really seemed like he took a lot away from that. And he started to implement that into his game a little bit more. Um, And then, you know, Jelani get a little more confidence in the preseason game and Drew Ogletree, you know, continues to make some good plays in training camp and things of that nature. So, Yeah, I'm really excited to see how all these young tight ends look and kind of the ways that they're utilized and kind of, you know, whether it is against the starters or whether it is against the backups, like who starts to really like show out even more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Who's going to separate themselves from the rest of the pack? It'll be very interesting, but those are some of the matchups, guys, that we are looking for in the joint practices here in the next few days between the Colts and the Lions. Let us know your thoughts on these matchups, if there's any others that you guys are looking at, but thank you again so much for the continued support, and as always, guys, go Colts.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance.